Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. It's Lizzie, your postpartum life coach. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I never settle for just managing symptoms. You guys know this about me. When it comes to postpartum mental health issues, just managing the symptoms is what I did the first time that I struggled with postpartum anxiety and depression after my second baby. And while that was fine the first time, when I then had my next child... I was on the medications and my symptoms came back and the medications were not doing enough for me, unfortunately. So I love that we have drugs and medications that can help us, um, but I need root cause. I need to because for me, it's just safer. And that's with all aspects of my health, my mental health, and frankly, just my life. So in this episode, I am introducing you to Chris Kresser, who is a functional healthcare practitioner, and he is so many things. You're going to hear me introduce him. I've listened to his podcast for over six years, on and off, and I don't know if you know this about me, but one of my hidden hobbies is learning about root cause health. There is so much misinformation about our health. And when I became a certified life coach in 2018 through the Life Coach School with Brooke Castillo, I was certified in not just mental health and life coaching, but weight loss. And I was able to go on to lose 50 pounds after I had my third baby. So I know things that actually work that are healthy with weight loss. And this is essentially the equivalent that I'm bringing you today when it comes to your gut health and preventing chronic illnesses. Why does this matter to a postpartum mom? You might be thinking, but I have so much else on my plate. All we're going to be talking about today is the root reason that people get inflammation so that they have joint pain, migraines, so that they are on the cusp of developing thyroiditis or rheumatoid arthritis. These things that are actually really common for women when they start to get into their mid-30s, into their mid-40s and onward, 
we need to be aware of these things. Maybe you don't decide you need to do anything about it today, but I want you to have it on your radar so that if at some point, like me, after having my fourth baby, my body just felt different. I started to feel more achy, a lot more achy. And I learned from Chris in this episode that something happens to women's bodies with their immune system when they give birth. And sometimes your immune system can overreact and it can cause autoimmune symptoms after birth, especially if you had a traumatic birth, didn't feel safe and really seen and supported in your birth. Okay, so he's gonna be talking about that phenomenon. And then I actually started taking his supplements. This is before I got to meet him and talk to him. This is, I told you, I've listened to his podcast for my own interest, privately, personally, for over six years. He came out with a line of supplements called Adapt Naturals. And I got on them postpartum because I just needed a quick solution to be the baseline of my health until I was out of survival mode postpartum to be able to then give my health more attention. Now, I'm finally able to give my health a little bit more attention. I'm going to be doing some other things. But in the meantime, I'm still taking these supplements. They have made a difference for me. So I wanted to tell you a quick bullet point list right now because I forgot to mention this in the episode. The first thing I noticed Um, very quickly is that my joints don't hurt so much when I take these every day. Now, one day I forgot to take them and the next morning my joints hurt like they were before I started taking these. So there was a very real effect and there's no medication in them. These are like mushrooms and actually um, colostrum from mama cows that is extra. It is not taking from the baby cows. That's been my favorite product. So you're going to hear me talk about that. I've been able to take less caffeine. I still drink coffee right now, but I've been able to not need it every day and not definitely not like two cups a day. Whereas before I was taking that because my energy is slowly naturally coming back. And the last thing I wanted to say is I feel like my brain fog has gotten less. Now, I didn't do a research project. I didn't track it, you know, this and that. This is just what I have been thinking and feeling as I've been on these, and I'm trying to be really honest about it. If you want to get the Adapt Naturals line, listen towards the end because I'm going to give you my code, which is postpartum, P-O-S-T-P-A-R-T-U-M, and that gets you 15% off your first order. I said it wrong in the episode. I said 10% off. It's 15% off your first order. But I hope you enjoy this episode. Listen to this guy. I think it will truly blow your mind if you are serious about staying on top of your health as you have babies and get older, this episode you will love. Even if you don't decide to buy the supplements, he is such a great source. And I will tell you about his podcast and I'll link it in the show notes. I introduce you now to Chris Kresser. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. I am so honored today to be here with Dr. Chris Kresser, who is a functional healthcare practitioner and so many other things, actually. Um, So yeah, I've been listening to Chris's podcast, which is uh, Revolution Health Radio, on and off for about six years. And he just came across to me as like a family man, relatable, trustworthy, and very experienced and very much um, bridging the gap between the issues that I was seeing in mainstream medicine and, um, you know, my natural inclinations to look elsewhere. He was like, yeah, you should. There's some great stuff out there and here it is. So today um, we're going to uh, get into a lot of cool things. I've got 
Ren with me unexpectedly. And so she's just chilling in the podcast episode. We're happy to have you. Little Ren, she's eight months now. She's so fun. Um, and I actually, in full disclosure, I recently um, decided, so I'm postpartum. All of you guys know that. And I'm going to introduce Chris in just a moment. But I recently decided that I needed um, something to support my health right now as I'm transitioning to being a mother of four children. <laughs> And it's a lot. And I looked into a few things and I found that Chris, who, like I said, I'd listened to, or Dr. Kresser, sorry. This is great. Okay. (laughs) He has this awesome, awesome, brand new, really well-researched, really well-sourced and caring for the planet and the animals and all the things, um, line of supplements. It's called Adapt Naturals. And so I bought it and signed up for it like for my own benefit and then realized that, you know, as much as I love his company, he he also has like an affiliate program. So I am actually technically an affiliate of the Adapt Naturals line. And so, yeah, I wanted to just come clear, make sure everybody knows that and also talk about not just these amazing products, but like this, the reasons I felt so drawn to Chris Kresser's teachings in the first place. So I will introduce him and read you guys. This is so great. He is the co-founder of the California Center for Functional Medicine, the founder of the Kresser Institute, which, and uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. He's the host of the top ranked health podcast, Revolution Health Radio, the creator of chriskresser.com and the New York Times bestselling author of two books, The Paleo Cure and Unconventional Medicine. He is one of the most respected Clinicians. I'm sure he didn't write this, but he, like I, I believe it. He is one of the most respected clinicians and educators in the fields of functional medicine and ancestral health, which we're also going to define for you and talk about. And has trained over 2,000 clinicians and health coaches from over 50 countries in his unique approach. He was named one of the 100 most influential people in the health and fitness by Greatest.com and has appeared as a featured guest on the Dr. Oz Show, Time, The Atlantic, NPR, Fox and Friends, and other national media outlets. And to talk it all off. He has a wife and daughter and lives in Bend, Oregon. So welcome to the show, Chris. It's so good to have you. Thanks, Lizzie. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. And when, what you may not know is I got started in all of this um, through the lens of fertility and conception. So I didn't know that early, earlier stage in the process that, that, that you focus on. But right. um, my wife and I were having trouble conceiving and um you know, we had tried for maybe six, seven months and we're not having success. And so um, both of us were already oriented towards, you know, holistic health. And, um, you know, we didn't, she was, my wife was 40 when she ended up conceiving. So she was, of course, a little bit older. And we knew we didn't want to go down the conventional medical paradigm road and they would probably do mm-hmm. a bunch of tests and tell her she was infertile and it was, you know, and I, and, we just both yeah. <laughs> intuitively knew that that was not true and that, um, we were going to make better progress outside of that. So I, we ended up seeing a functional medicine practitioner who did some tests and found out that my wife had Graves disease, um, Graves disease. which is an autoimmune hyperthyroid condition. Yeah. And, um, Long story short, you know, that led to, I was already studying, you know, at that point. Um, but we, I decided, you know, to kind of do a very deep dive into yeah. autoimmunity and how to address that from a 
nutritional uh, and functional medicine, ancestral health perspective. And um, she was able to uh, basically halt and reverse that condition uh, without using any of the very toxic drugs and dangerous drugs that are often used um, in that case and without having her thyroid gland removed, um, which is another treatment for Graves' disease. Um, And then, you know, pretty shortly after that, she conceived and had Mm. a very healthy pregnancy, birth at home. And, um, our daughter is now 12 years old, very healthy kid. And, um, and so I turned everything that I learned into, in that experience uh, into a workshop that I did locally when we were in the Bay area in Berkeley at that time. Yeah. And I barely promoted it. And it was, there was like standing room only. It was shocking to me because I just, I had no idea that that was going to happen. It was just really any, for me, just almost like a learning experience that I was going to go through. I thought maybe four or five people, <laughs> might show up, you know, yes. and then uh, there were a ton of people. And then after that, those people told their friends and I started to get requests from people who were not even in the Bay area who wanted access to that information. So I decided to make it a digital product and that became the first digital program that I ever created called the healthy baby code, which is still, wow, still in existence. Um, still going strong. We have now hundreds of women who have taken it and conceived and, and, you know, delivered healthy babies as a result of that program. Many who were told they were infertile, that they would not ever be able to conceive without ART. Um, some who, we're using ART, but weren't having success and then added on the nutritional, uh, you know, and holistic recommendations and were able to conceive. Wow. And so this, this was, um, really my entry point into becoming a functional medicine clinician. And so it's definitely a, a, an area that I care a lot about and have a, a personal experience with. Yeah. Fertility, pregnancy, birth and postpartum. And I've seen, I saw on your website or maybe it was the Cresser Institute, but there was an article, I think it was a podcast, but you're a natural birth advocate, um, obviously understanding of whatever circumstances occur and women's choices. But um, yeah, I just, again, I didn't even actually know all that about you. I just wanted to take the supplements you created. And then it's been so rewarding as I've prepared to have you on the podcast to realize that you actually do have a lot of um, background and experience and heart and compassion for the the pregnancy, like the women's realm, I guess. So have you... I mean, I've also treated many, uh, because of my own experience, because of the Healthy Baby Code, because of the audience that was drawn to that work, I ended up, you know, a decent part of my practice for many, many years has been... uh, couples that are in uh, in some stage of that progression, you know, mm-hmm. either sometimes, and this is great when couples are thinking about it this early, even preconception, you know, yeah. uh, before they're trying to conceive coming to me and saying, Hey, we want to do everything we can to, to prepare and make, make sure we're creating the best possible circumstances and environment to bring a child into this world. And I, th- I mean, that is for sure the best way to do it. <laughs> of course, yeah. it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes right. <laughs> people don't show up until they've been trying for six years and, you know, they've gone through the ringer. Um, and that's fine too. You know? Bless their hearts. That's hard. We yeah. Where, we meet people wherever they are. Yeah. Um, or, you know, people who are, uh, who've had their third 
kid in, you know, six or seven years and are totally exhausted and run down and, you know, helping them to, <laughs> you don't know anything about That's that, right? <laughs> um, helping them to recover and, you know, yeah. just build, rebuild their resilience. And I love yeah. working with, with people and kids on, on, in all parts of that mm-hmm. uh, journey. Well, good. I I would say a lot of the women listening are probably all of them. They're probably preconception because they want to have more kids, but they're also postpartum and wanting to rebuild and recover. And they might even be pregnant. <laughs> so, so you, you've hit the jackpot here as far as like bringing your experience. We're so grateful you're here. Um, I wanted to just touch on functional medicine versus mainstream for those who are brand new to this term and don't really know. Can you just give us a ballpoint, you know, a quick summary of that? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I use an analogy. If you have a rock in your shoe and it's making your foot hurt and you go to a conventional doctor, they might prescribe a painkiller, Yeah. Um, which sure that helps, you know, you'd be in a little bit less pain, but if you go to a functional medicine doctor, they are probably going to ask you a bunch of questions, maybe do some investigation and eventually find out you've got a rock in your in, inside of your shoe that's <laughs> causing your foot to hurt. And then you take off the shoe and dump out the rock and voila, your foot hurts a lot less. And point. no pain meds needed forever. No, no pain medicine needed. Um, yeah. Or maybe there is pain medicine needed for a day or two, but you know, right. then you quickly move on and, and because you've addressed the root cause. So that's what functional medicine is about is identifying and addressing the root cause of health problems so you can get well and stay well without unnecessary drugs or surgery. Whereas the conventional medical paradigm is largely based on symptom suppression with drugs and sometimes surgery. Um, it's, and to to be honest, it's very good at that. Um, meaning like if I get hit by a bus, um, I want to be taken to the hospital and I want the, uh, all of the advantages of acute, you know, allopathic medical care that can reattach limbs and, you know, restore sight to the blind and maybe fight cancer with nanorobots in the near future. And (laughs) that's all amazing. Um, you know, antibiotics just dramatically increase lifespan because they, you know, took infections that were, pretty much almost always are often fatal and, 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 you know, allowed us to survive those, those infections. There's so many incredible innovations in allopathic medicine. So I'm not here to say that (laughs) it's bad. Um, however, I, even the, the most ardent proponents of, of conventional medicine would have to agree that it's, it's not very effective when it comes to complex chronic health conditions. And the reality is that's most of what we're dealing with at this point. You know, the top three causes of death in the the turn of the 20th century were all acute infectious diseases like uh, tuberculosis and pneumonia, Mm -hmm. uh, and then injuries like workplace injuries. Those were the main causes of death. Then the main causes of death now are all chronic diseases that take decades actually to, to kill us. And so We have our medical paradigm evolved to really address those acute problems, but not to address these these long term chronic health conditions. And this is unfortunately what most of people are dealing with, and most people need help with now. Yes, when they go to their conventional doctor and they have an eight minute appointment, is barely long enough to say hello um, and write a prescription. 
they're not getting the support that they need to identify those root causes and create a plan that will address them. So that's that's the real difference there. Thank you. Yeah. And we've also been trained, I think, to respond or react to symptoms versus to be looking for and kind of on top of things. And with the chronic stuff, things can just sneak up so quietly over years and you can just gradually feel worse and not even put your finger on it. You just think, oh, I'm just, I must just be getting older or wow, that fourth baby really did me in. But what if it's actually something else? So one of um, Chris's passions, I think, and one of the things it sounds like you've focused your um, work on, like you said, is preventing and reversing chronic diseases. And I just wanted to go over a few of those, like I have right here listed the most common ones for women. I literally Googled this. So you should tell me if I'm wrong, but rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, migraines. I have a couple friends I can list off that struggle with migraines, lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, any other ones that come top of mind? Uh, skin issues like eczema and psoriasis are typically considered to be autoimmune. Um, there are a number of diseases that probably have autoimmune elements that may not be fully autoimmune, even endometriosis some is in some ways could be considered an autoimmune condition. There are over 90 autoimmune diseases that have already been identified and there are new, new ones being discovered or other diseases that were not previously considered to be autoimmune that are being recharacterized as autoimmune conditions. And some statistics suggest that as many as one in four women now have an autoimmune disease, which is just crazy. Um, yeah. And it's complicated by the fact that the testing is not um, consistent or accurate. So, you know, there are many women who have autoimmune conditions who don't even know that they have them because they right. haven't been adequately tested. And so the the numbers could be even worse than that. And then we also know that once a woman or a man for that matter, uh, anybody <laughs> d- develops autoimmunity, right. then they're, they're likely to have more than one autoimmune condition in their lifetime. And so the, the key thing to understand there is b- the difference between autoimmunity and autoimmune disease is Autoimmunity is the fundamental process where the body is attacking itself. And autoimmune disease is the specific expression of that process toward a particular tissue. So you could have autoimmunity and then that could be directed at your joints. Well, that's rheumatoid arthritis. It could be directed at the myelin sheath in in the nerves in your brain. That's multiple sclerosis. Could be directed at the thyroid tissue. That's Hashimoto's. So it's easy to understand if you if you look at it that way why people often do have multiple autoimmune diseases because right. that underlying process of autoimmunity can just be directed yeah. at lots of different tissues in the body. So what turns on autoimmunity? Autoimmunity meaning the body's immune system is attacking its own tissues and now we have pain, we have inflammation, we have um, real problems and then eventually disease diagnosis. What 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 turns it on? It's multifactorial. And it's a combination of there is certainly genetic predisposition plays a role, but it plays a smaller role than most people might think. Um, There's a saying I like to use. I didn't come up with it, but it's and I don't know who did actually originally, but it really explains it. Well, it's uh, genes load the gun and environment pulls the trigger. Mm. So um, 
you know, someone who has a, a genetic predisposition to autoimmunity because they have a family history and those genes have been passed on, it's not a, a, a guarantee that they're going to develop an autoimmune disease in their lifetime. Um, but there are several environmental factors that could trigger the expression of those genes and then make it more likely that that person is going to develop autoimmunity. Conversely, there are plenty of people who have autoimmune disease who don't have a strong family history, um, yeah. at least that they know of, of autoimmune disease. So it's, it's not to say that, you know, okay, I'm totally safe. If my mom or dad didn't have an autoimmune condition, then there's no chance of me developing one. It doesn't work like that. Right. So the environmental factors that uh, they start very early, actually, and some would argue even during, during conception and in utero, Mm-hmm. Um, certainly things like, uh, antibiotic use, um, in utero, which again is not often voluntary. Um, right. so there's no, no criticism or judgment here, but, um, you know, think things like that can alter the mom's gut flora, which then in turn will alter the infant, uh, gut flora, which then mm-hmm. can increase intestinal permeability or AKA leaky gut. And then, yeah. Uh, lipopolysaccharide, which is an endotoxin produced by gram-negative bacteria or other, you know, proteins or other large c- compounds from the gut will get into the bloodstream mm-hmm. and that provokes a systemic inflammatory response, which then yeah. aggravates the immune system. The immune system starts attacking the tissue. So we could say, you know, gut, gut there's uh, Alessio Fasano, who is a, a pioneer in uh, in autoimmunity in general, and then understanding and celiac disease in particular, and understanding the role of intestinal permeability. He has said as much as you cannot develop autoimmune disease without a leaky gut. Mm, so he, okay. he believes that it's a precondition mm-hmm. to autoimmunity is having a leaky gut. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but I think it's pretty, you know, my clinical experience definitely has confirmed that most, almost everybody who has autoimmune disease that I've tested for intestinal permeability or just GI issues in general definitely has like a disrupted microbiome, intestinal permeability, um, poor diet, of course, uh, you won't be surprised. That's a big one. So a diet that's high in processed and refined foods like flour, sugar, industrial seed oils, um, environment, you know, food toxins and dyes and all kinds of processed junk that unfortunately comprise 60% of the calories that Americans eat now. Yeah. Uh, environmental toxins like lead, mercury, cadmium, arsenic, um, B or BPA, pesticides, herbicides, glyphosate, Again, it's a long list. <laughs> fortunately, the, the the toxins that are ubiquitous in our in our food supply now, uh, yeah, fortunately, and that are very difficult to avoid. Yeah, um, you have other medications that can uh, interfere with immune function. You have nutrient defi- nutrients that are really critical for immune function, and if we're deficient, we can develop autoimmunity. You have yeah. um, lack of sleep is a big trigger. It's uh, part of the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, not to stress anybody out, but that that I, I hate to say this, but yeah, um, childbirth is mm-hmm. is a trigger. Uh, it's actually one of the most common times that women develop autoimmunity is after after delivering their child. And what happens there is there's a very profound immune shift during pregnancy to protect 
you know, so that the, so that mom is not attacking the developing baby, right? So the the immune, immune system shifts in such a way that the baby is recognized as, as, as part of, of this new new constellation and not right. a foreign in, in, invader, invader. <laughs> that <Yeah>. needs <laughs> to be uh, you know attacked and then when baby comes out the immune system strongly shifts in the other direction to protect mom from infections mm-hmm. and any other threats because that's a very sensitive and, yeah. and you know vulnerable time right. mm-hmm. and in that strong shift of immunity sometimes things can go too far and then instead of just, you know, the body attacking any pathogens or toxins or anything that might threaten mom that's coming in from outside, it starts attacking self tissue. And that's so fascinating. It, it's, it's, and it's a bummer too, right? Because Super, it's like, like come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately I have seen many women in my practice who have experienced the onset of their, their, their autoimmune condition after, mm-hmm. you know, delivering, sometimes it's their first child, sometimes it's their second child or subsequent, you know, kid. Uh, so that is unfortunately another trigger yeah. of infections of all types. Um, you know, bacterial infections, but particularly viral infections. A lot of people have heard the term long COVID mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe even experiencing that. One of the the theories for what causes long COVID is it's a post-viral autoimmune condition. In fact, like in the clinic, that's often how we treat it. Um, and, but it's not just COVID. There's lots of other viruses that have been known to do that and, and bacterial infections as well. So okay. I could, I could go on, but you know, yeah. we could summarize this as unfortunately as, as like the modern lifestyle. Um, exactly. And it is a trigger for autoimmunity. And that's why we are seeing such a dramatic rise in the incidence of autoimmune disease. The last one I should say, yeah, someone's going to ask <laughs> in comments <laughs> or whatever is, is gluten. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. other, other food and food allergens, you know, that people commonly react to. And I know we're going to talk probably a little bit about gluten and the brain, how it affects the brain, but, um, I don't believe there are some people who believe that no one should eat gluten and everyone is gluten intolerant. I don't think the research supports that, okay. but I, but it is much more common than the conventional paradigm acknowledges. I, I, I think some estimates suggest that non-celiac gluten intolerance is probably affects between one in 10 and one in 15 people. Wow. Um, which is a lot <laughs> yeah, in a country of 300 and something million people. That's a lot of people with gluten intolerance. Right. And most of them are undiagnosed. So uh, if, if we eat gluten actually as the, the protein has a, a structure that is actually similar to the structure of some of the proteins in our body, and That's so through this process yeah. of molecular mimicry, the body attacks gluten, but then it ends up attacking the thyroid tissue or other yeah. tissues in this case of mistaken identity. And so mm. that can happen not only with gluten, but with other food proteins as well. That's so tricky. <laughs> I have a I have a quote here from Mark Hyman, MD, who he I think he wrote the um 
the forward to my the forward on your book, mm-hmm. Unconventional Medicine, which I'm excited to read. I actually didn't know it existed till I read your bio and then I went and checked it out. So that's on my list now. But I'm gonna just add to this conversation because he said getting and staying healthy in our modern world is a heroic feat. It is a subversive and revolutionary act. We have to navigate dangerous food landscapes and resist carefully designed temptations at every turn. Bite marketing that goes right after our primitive hardwired survival impulses and fend off food pushers, saboteurs, and a thousand distractions online, on television, and in other media. Um, and I think like this to me, um, what 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 happened when I started listening to your podcast is, which is Revolution Health Radio, for those who don't know, is um I started to really wake up to the fact that. The life that I was going about living is not designed to keep me healthy in any way. In fact, it's actually really designed, whether you can argue that it's on purpose and there's some force trying to like get us or not, like it, it's designed not optimally. And so that that brings me to um, this thing that I learned about as I was studying up for this, which is environmental mismatch. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Because Chris's framework, he has a, uh, so the, the word adapt, like adapt naturals, the supplements comes from his framework that he has, and it has a few different components. Would you just tell us about what is environmental mismatch and then your adapt framework? Because I think this is really, it bridges the gap, like I said, between the issues we're seeing and maybe a solution that could come through. Yeah, so all organisms evolve to survive and thrive in a particular environment. Um, if you think about even you know uh, um, bacteria that live near thermal vents in the ocean, you know mm-hmm. they they evolved in that particular environment. So if you took that bacteria that lives near these hydrothermal vents and then dropped it in a shallow tide pool it's going to die. You know, right. it's definitely not going to do well if it survives at all. Right. Likewise, if you took a the bacterium from those shallow tide pools and just relocated it next to this extremely hot hydrothermal vent, you know, at the bottom of the ocean, it's not going to, not going to do very well. Right. So we, we understand this when it comes to biology. These are, this is not a controversial concept. Um, Likewise, you know, cats are obligate carnivores. They, if you look at cats in nature, all all cats in the cat family, they don't eat grains. They don't eat vegetables. They eat meat and that's all they eat. And that their digestive system and their anatomy, their physiology evolved to process meat. Whereas if you look at a cow or a ruminant animal, they eat plants and they, they have multiple chambers in their stomach to break down the tough fibers in those in the grass that they eat and they're able to convert the, the, the grass into usable nutrients. Yeah. If a cat tried to eat the cow diet and just eat grass, it's not going to survive, much less right. thrive because it doesn't have the anatomy and the physiology to, to process those 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 uh plants in the same way that the ruminant animals do so again this is strangely enough like these are things that we don't like that zookeeper like there's stories where like animals that were held in captivity were getting sick because they were feeding you know like lions kibble or something you know the equivalent of dog food of, of dog food with grains and stuff like that and then somebody thought i mean it's kind of in retrospect, seems just incredibly 
duh. ignorant that it, t- <laughs> yeah, like, duh, yeah, you're a zoologist. You should have probably been thinking about this. But, <laughs> and then, then once they started feeding them a species appropriate diet, what do you know? Now, you know, most animals actually live longer in captivity than in their natural environment now because they're not subject to getting attacked by predators and that, you know, life is pretty cushy. Yeah. Uh, and they're eating well inside and they're eating their species appropriate diet. Yeah. So where did we go wrong? What is our human species appropriate diet and not just diet, but species appropriate lifestyle? Um, mm. Like mm. if you took a lion and put it in an office and sat it in a chair and, you know, it didn't, and, and it didn't have exposure to natural light and roaming around and right. you know, it's not going to do very well. Well, <laughs> guess what? Yeah. Humans are the same. Humans are the same. We evolved over 2 million years of hominid evolution, eating a diet that was primarily meat and fish, nuts and seeds, wild fruits and vegetables, some starchy tubers and plants, uh, you know, especially later in our evolutionary history, we lived outside in amongst the natural rhythm of light and dark and tribal close knit groups. We walked, you know, eight, 10,000 plus steps a day just to acquire food. We had periods of brief, intense physical activity to hunt, fight, you know, build shelters, lift heavy things. Um, you know, we had exposure to sunlight. Uh, which produced vitamin D and other compounds that are beneficial. Um, this this was the environment that we evolved in, and what our physiology and anatomy were were fine tuned to mm-hmm. to expect and to need and thrive on. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I mean, it, and it really is all of a sudden. If you if you yeah. looked at a clock. That that exact that if we were to make a twenty you know a twelve hour clock. Or uh, I'll use another analogy. If you if you have a hundred hundred yard football field, yeah, it's only in the last half of the last yard that we developed agriculture, uh, which is about eleven thousand years old, and it's only in the last few inches of that last yard that the industrial revolution happened, and then we're talking about centimeters um, in just the most recent times of like iPhones and social media and, and all the things. Food and boxed, you know, boxed food. Yeah, yeah with preservatives and, and pesticides. And yeah, chips and bags and all this stuff right. that we we all think is uh, understandably is just normal because we, that's the only life that we've ever known. It's so not normal for human for our bodies, beings. our it's evolution, extremely yeah. abnormal. And this mismatch between what our genes and our biology are are adapted for and evolved for. And what we're actually exposed to now is the fundamental cause of modern Western disease and 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 the, and the health problems that we're experiencing. Mm. Yeah, uh, that there is a lot there, and it's kind of a big bummer. But <laughs> what um, what I like about your adapt framework, what I know about it, and we we don't have to go like way in depth here, but you are a big fan of co- health coaching and having, you know, basically follow through because as you set that all up, I'm sitting here thinking, how are we ever, do we even have a fighting chance like the humans? <laughs> um, and so 
I want to talk about these supplements because I feel like they've really been helping me. And I, I really believe deeply in the science that you've brought to combining these ingredient groups. And then I also want to talk about, yeah, like change it. What, you know, what are, what are you seeing is working for people in helping them actually eat well? I know you're a big advocate of the paleo diet. You, you wrote a book, um, called the paleo cure. So can you want to just comment for a moment? Let's talk about diet, um, first. Uh, why paleo? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So just even even zooming out a little bit beyond that, if the, if the primary cause of, of chronic disease is mismatch, then the primary solution is re, rematch or rematch. Re, realigning our, you know, our life, our diet and lifestyle with what is, you know, uh, evolutionarily appropriate for our species. Yeah. Now this doesn't mean you have to live out in your backyard and wear a loincloth and, you know, uh, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah. You could, if you want to, Uh, some people people are doing that kind of thing, but it's not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a Luddite. Um, although I, I do admit to having some Luddite tendencies sometimes, um, What's a Luddite. Uh, someone who is afraid of technology and, and hostile to technology. Got it. Um, so we're so, not swinging the pendulum that far. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're here, we're on a zoom call on our laptops and, <laughs> you know, I, I, I recognize the benefits of all of this stuff, but it, we also have to recognize the downsides. And so if you sort of work backwards and yeah. to everything that we just talked about, and you, you, you literally can just go through every aspect of lifestyle, you know, diet, you can sleep, stress management, exercise, and you can ask the question, what is evolutionarily appropriate for each of those? Mm. So I'll give you an example with, with sleep and sleep hygiene. Well, what is evolutionary appropriate, appropriate is to sleep in a cool, dark environment on a cool sleeping surface with um, not you know, beeping, blinking, flashing lights or things that are making noise and interrupt, you know, interrupting you, not, not, um, you know, bright lights coming through the window, not a super warm, you know, ambient temperature with a super warm sleeping surface and mattress. Um, you know, that's an example of how this plays out. And when you look at, if you do any kind of research on good sleep hygiene, it will be things like, um, you know, use blackout shades, cool, cool the temperature inside ambient temperature inside of the room, or use something that can help cool the surface of your bed. There are various, you know, things, options for that kind of available now, like mm-hmm. don't use a screen right before bed because that emits blue light, which shuts down melatonin production. And that just never would have happened, you know, uh, uh, from an evolutionary perspective. So you can sort of reverse engineer all of the things that we should be doing based on this evolutionary template. And that's really what the paleo approach is about. It's, it's not about trying to reenact the paleolithic era, but it's about bringing 
our lifestyle more in alignment with what our genes and our biology are adapted for. And, and that's how I feel about food too. It's, I'm not actually a big proponent of the paleo diet per se for a long period of time for most people. And by that, I mean a strict paleo diet. Um, I, what I, my, my first book was actually originally called your personal paleo code when it was in hardcover. Mm-hmm. And I, I, we called it that because the idea of a code is something, and, and a personal code is something that you develop and customize for yourself. Uh, I've often uh, said there's no one size fits all approach. That's been one of my mantras as a clinician and an author and an educator. And the idea was that I would start people on a strict paleo diet for 30 days just to kind of, just to hit the reset button. Yeah. And it's a really, it's a, it's an elimination diet really is what it is. And it removes a lot of the foods that most people are going to react to if they do have reactions to food like gluten and dairy. Um, and then you can, once you uh, get to the place where you're feeling really great, then there are some foods that I call gray area foods that I think are generally the research shows are healthy when they're well taught, when they're well tolerated by the individuals. So full fat fermented dairy products are a good example of that. Like kefir, yogurt, cream, butter. Uh, if someone is not lactose intolerant and they're not casein intolerant and they feel good. If you look at the research, full fat fermented dairy products are beneficial for health. They have a lot of nutrients. You don't get that aren't well represented in other foods like bioavailable calcium, yeah, um, really healthy fats, conjugated linoleic acid that aren't found in many other foods. And they're a great source of calories. And they're also delicious, you know, for people who like them and particularly for kids, you know, like uh, kids who can tolerate dairy, that's a very nutritious food for them growing up. Um, and yes, of course, there are people and quite a few people who for whom dairy is a really bad idea because it can be inflammatory if they're intolerant of the proteins or, or lactose intolerant and lactose intolerance affects like 30% of people in the world. So we're talking about a large percentage of people, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that everybody is lactose intolerant. Everyone should avoid dairy grains like right. White rice, for example, you know, is a pretty benign food. It's, it's has, very little nutrition in it, but it's just a source of carbohydrate and calories. Um, especially if someone is active and, you know, like an athlete and training a lot and they just need to increase their calorie or carbohydrate intake. I'm fine with white rice as long as they tolerate it. Well, um, you know, potato, white potatoes are not typically considered to be paleo, but I think again, they can be a great food if you tolerate them. You don't have issues with nightshades. So there's this whole group of what I call gray area foods that I encourage people to add back into their diet after that reset because A, they're healthy if they're well tolerated. B, it makes it just easier to, to eat, you know, to go out to eat, to cook food, to eat with other people. Right. It makes food more enjoyable. It adds more variety to the diet. And so uh, you go through that process and you, then you basically figure out what your own personal paleo code, so to speak, is. And then that's your the, the, the approach that you try to follow most of the time. But I also believe there's more to life than food or more mm-hmm. to health than food. And so, you know, I, I think people, it's, it's generally healthy to have time, you know, if you follow like the 80-20 or 90-10 rule where, you know, 90% of the time you're sticking with that basic template. 
10% of the time you go out with friends or it's your birthday and you want to have a piece of cake or whatever, presuming yeah. If, yeah. Uh, as long as you're not like celiac or whatever, mm-hmm. then it, it, you know, we know that just, just pleasure and, and joy mm-hmm. around food is important. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so uh, it doesn't, you don't need to be rigid and yeah. extremely, uh, strict all the time. Like that's not fun. And most, and most people aren't going to want to hang out with you if you, right. if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> so there are times where you have to do it for your own health. If someone's dealing with a, a serious illness or something, yeah, to reverse I had that. to do that for a long period of time. Yeah. But, um, ultimately the goal is always to, I think, to expand your diet as much as you can within that healthy template to, to add variety, to add, more nutrients, diverse, diversity of nutrients, pleasure, um, and resilience, I think ultimately. So going back to what you said at the beginning of the episode, when we were talking about chronic disease, it all starts with, well, okay. We, the research hasn't necessarily proven, but we, th- like, there's definitely a connection between the gut and leaky gut, or essentially the, the, the barrier parts of your gut kind of coming unglued and things floating into mm-hmm. the bloodstream. Um, oh, and there is a ton of research that has confirmed that by the okay. way. Okay, good. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I figured because as I was going through, so as, as somebody who um, collaborates with the supplements, what is the word that I'm looking for? The uh, affiliate. Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh, right. So as an affiliate, I was looking through all of the, fabulous, um, you know, research that you've done and, and like the actual things you've put into the different products. And I kind of wanted to just talk about that because what I, you know, I don't have the capacity right now. And I think a lot of moms listening, they might not have the capacity to set aside a ton of time and money to go get thorough, thorough, thorough testing. Like they might be in a little bit of a survival season of their life. And obviously we don't want to stay there forever. That's not ideal to be there forever. But if that is you, I'm talking to the mamas here. um, One of the reasons I gravitated towards the supplements is because as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but is um, one of the main focuses of, I mean, each product has its own focus and we're going to go over those in a second, but is is to protect your gut lining so that we can decrease the amount of inflammation that's happening and, and to soothe inflammation, um, but essentially to kind of approach some of those root causes of inflammation and chronic disease um, flare-ups uh, and to, yeah, to kind of keep that from escalating. And so I wanted, I wanted to just share like, okay, so my two favorite products that I've used are the Colostrum Plus. So it's Colostrum and then a couple others. And you, I'm going to let you say all the fancy words. I'm not going to try to do that. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'll let you do that in a minute, but, and the Myco. So I, I just have found over even before I got on your supplement, the Adapt Naturals line of supplements, um, mushrooms. Um, like I add, I do a mushroom coffee in the morning. Like I just think that they're very grounding, those adaptogenic stuff. So, anyway, um, can you just kind of talk about the way you designed your supplement line specifically with that, you know, getting strengthening the gut barrier so that we don't have mm-hmm. inflammation and disease happening? Yeah. So as, as we've discussed, I'm a functional medicine guy. So I think about root cause. That's just my perspective. That's the lens that I look through. So when I'm formulating supplements, I'm not thinking, what can I use to suppress 
to to like suppress symptoms because you can think about supplements in that way. You you can use drugs to suppress symptoms. You can also use natural compounds to suppress symptoms too. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. Right. Um, symptoms are suck and it's <laughs> nice. And for a while, to, you might need yeah. both, right? Yeah, like if nice someone's to, really sick, they exactly. might need root cause yeah. and the symptom relief. Exactly. And the idea is that we can take that symptom relief away and continue with the root cause and change your lifestyle. And, That's right, and that can take time. And so right. symptom relief is 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 valid in its own right. Yeah. Um, but it's the way I think about supplement formulation is what are what are what do we know are the most common mechanisms that contribute to all health problems or if not all most, you know, right. and then what products, you know, what can I create, you know, what, what products can I build that will, that will address those underlying mechanisms so that people can start to see improvements across the board, not just like, Oh, I'm going to take this one supplement for my eye health. And then I'm going to take this other supplement for my heart health. And then this other supplement right. for my, you know, my, my elbow pain. And like, that's a, that's a very allopathic way of thinking. It is very Western men. <laughs> and, and so, but, but, and this is why we don't have a lot of products. We have uh, eight products, not 50 because, and, and, you know, we'll have more over time, but not a lot more, like maybe one or two a year, because we're, we're really focusing on addressing these root causes and you don't need hundred different products to do that. You just right. need to focus on the main one. So certainly restoring the gut microbiome and repairing intestinal, uh, the, the function of the intestinal barrier is, is huge. And right. then a corollary to that is that eight, 70 to 80% of our immune systems reside in the gut. Yeah. In the gut, as, gut associated lymphoid tissue. So anything that you do to improve the health of the gut is going to significantly bolster your immune defense against pathogens and also reduce immune hyperactivity against environmental antigens uh, or self tissue, for example, in the case of autoimmunity. Yeah. So the, the two products that you mentioned, yeah. um, I think you, kudos to you for narrow, you know, for homing in on these, because these are really the two products more than any of the others that would, would do those things that would do the, the accomplish the goal that you mentioned. They would okay. support Good. and nourish the gut microbiome and yeah. also repair the gut barrier and support, you know, what we could what we call and what researchers call the gut immune axis, which is this crosstalk and interplay between the gut and the immune system. Because like I said, most of the immune system is in the gut. Uh, and so when we do things that improve the, the gut and the gut health, it improves immune function. And when we do things that improve immune function, it, it improves the gut health. So it's right. like this vir virtuous cycle instead of a vicious cycle. So colostrum plus is actually three different ingredients. Uh, it's not necessarily evident from the name, except for the plus that comes after <laughs> colostrum. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's two and a half grams of colostrum from 100% grass fed pasture raised cows that are never given antibiotics or hormones. We source it from small family farms in the U S um, that are uh, USDA grade and it's cold processed, which is important because um, cloth, all of the immunoglobulins and fragile or proteins within colostrum are fragile yeah. and they can be destroyed by heat. Now, 
a lot of moms are going to know this already, but I'll, I'll mention it for those that don't. Colostrum is the first food for all mammals on the planet and has been for all of mammalian evolution, you know, 300 years, 300 million years of mammalian evolution. Yeah. Um, and I like to say it this way, like evolution is pretty good at figuring things out, especially over a period of 300 million years. <laughs> and it has not improved upon colostrum at this point. And, you know, so we're, it's still colostrum. It it's still colostrum. <laughs> colostrum is still the first food that all mammals get, which tells us that it's working pretty well, right? It's, it's really good. And that doesn't, uh, that's true, whether you're, uh, you know, it's a cow or a cat or a dog or a monkey or a human. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's expressed, you know, in, in um, breast milk in the first few days after birth. And it's really rich in, uh, immunoglobulins, nutrients, antibodies, growth factors, and other bioactive compounds. And the, the way I like to think about it is like, it's nature, it's, it's mom, mother nature and mother's first gift to the baby. I love like that. this is, this is what you need to, to, as a foundation for health. Yeah. It's going to support your gut microbiome. It's going to give you nutrition. It's going to support your immune system so you can fight, you know, fight off any potential threats or invaders. And um, that's what what happens when you take it as an infant. But when you take it as an adult, it does all those same things. Right. Um, Which, you know, unfortunately, we don't stop needing (laughs) that support as we we get older and arguably we need it even more uh, in some cases. So that's the colostrum piece. But, and this is also how I think about formulation. As I was making this product, there are lots of other colostrum supplements out there. Some good, some not so good. Yeah. But I, my thinking is we're we're taking colostrum for a reason. (laughs) What is that reason? And then what other nutrients could I add that would elevate and extend the, that impact, you know, and, and so that people would be more likely to achieve their goals. And one is lactoferrin. Um, lactoferrin is actually naturally occurring, in colostrum, but only in small amounts, like three to five milligrams per gram of colostrum. So in our our product, you might get 10 to 12 grams of lactoferrin just from the colostrum itself, but we added another 100 milligrams of lactoferrin. And this is important because it's really one of the compounds in colostrum that's most responsible for its benefits. It helps defend against microbial invaders. It supports gut health. Uh, enhances the immune system's efficacy, uh, supports iron metabolism. So it's actually more effective than iron supplements for raising iron levels, which is important for mo- for women especially to know because iron deficiency still yeah. affects more than 2 billion people around the world, even in the developed world like the US. Right. And so we have added lactoferrin to you know enhance the amount of naturally occurring lactoferrin provide even more benefit. And then the third ingredient is beta-glucan, which is a type of soluble fiber that's found in, in yeast and mushrooms and some other foods. And it is a remarkable compound that's been like intensively studied over the past 20 years. Uh, a lot of research originally coming out of Japan. It's known as a biological response modifier, which is a very fancy scientific way of saying that it it primes and educates our immune system to be able to recognize threats earlier and address them more effectively. So 
if we're exposed to a virus or any other kind of pathogen, there's usually a kind of learning process that the body has to go through in order to recognize that threat and then mount an effective immune response. Mm-hmm. Beta-glucan dramatically shortens that learning curve and make, makes it much more, uh, our immune response much more effective. It does a lot more than that, but that's the, the, the probably the main benefit which you could see the value of, especially in the world that we're living in these days and all of the things that we tend to be exposed to. So when you yeah. put those three ingredients together, they're they're pretty much like the dream team when it comes to supporting gut and, and immune health. And the amazing thing about it for your audience is that all of these nutrients have been shown to be very safe and effective for kids and adults of all ages. Uh, yeah. They have to be the dose has to be adjusted, you know, d- depending, but since colostrum is the very first food <laughs> that an infant encounters, you know, we can pretty conclusively say that that's yeah. likely to be a, a, a safe substance. And then both beta-glucan and lactoferrin, of course, which is again, a component of colostrum have been studied, um, at, you know, doses similar to what's in, um, the uh, bioavail colostrum plus in kids as young as one years old and, all, and then all the way up to adults in their 80s and 90s. Wow. Uh, now, my disclaimer here, of course, is that we, I always recommend people speak with their, yeah. their healthcare provider before beginning a new supplement, especially if you're trying to conceive or pregnant or, or nursing. Um, but the, what we know about these nutrients, uh, these ingredients is that they're generally considered to be safe. Um, yeah. Uh, for for people of all ages, so it's yeah. it's one of my favorite products of our products, yeah. actually, Lizzie, as well. Good, um, because it's just so foundational. It is, and I actually want to just say that my my number one hesitation at first was, but what about the baby cows? Like, are they taking the colostrum from the baby cows? So I actually emailed someone on your team and like looked on your website and. Lo and behold, guys, they only use the surplus and they do not like hurt the moms and they're just so good and careful. I just feel like the people who are sourcing this stuff, they knew my heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we all of our products that contain animal foods use uh, are from 100% grass-fed, pasture-raised animals, generally small family farms, uh, organic whenever possible. And, you know, some of these smaller farms are organic, but they haven't gone through the organic certification because it's just out of reach financially, yeah. uh, for them. And they're all ethical, ethically using, you know, ethical and humane methods. And they all understand the importance of colostrum to the developing calf, right? Like it's, it's, just even purely financially, if you take ethics out of it, it's not in their best interests to deprive the the calf of colostrum because then they're not going to grow up and be a healthy animal. And right. that's their whole business yeah. <laughs> venture. Yeah. But beyond that, think about who tends to go into pasture-based farming. These are generally people who care about animals who care about the environment, who are thinking about things on a much deeper level. And, right. you know, these, these are the types of farms that we're, we're sourcing from. So as you pointed out, um, it, <laughs> and, and you know, you are not the only person to ask this question. It was the, the, one of the most common questions that we get, and I'm glad that people ask it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the calves are fed two to four liters of colostrum shortly after birth, um, but new mothers often produce more than 12 liters. And right. so it's, it's like a safety zone, you know, a buffer. 
what if the, you know, twins are rare for cows, but sometimes it does happen. So the mom needs to have enough colostrum to cover that situation or if something were to happen. So we're just harvesting the excess colostrum that the calf doesn't need. Yeah. Um, and that's how we're able to do it. Yeah. And then as far as how I've been using it, because instantly when I started taking it, here's how I know, by the way, you guys, like Chris has this amazing wealth of knowledge. I I don't as much. Um, I'm like a hobbyist in the functional knowledge realm, but um, my body will just want it. Like I'll just, it's, it's like, I'll look at my supplements up on my shelf and I'll just feel this craving. So for me, it was the myco, the mushroom blend that we're going to talk about. And then the colostrum plus that were like, I want them. And then, um, there's an organ blend because I know that I just had a baby and, you know, I wanted to be on top of my iron. And so I do take that, but I actually take a little bit less than it says on the bottle, just because that's what my body, my body always just wants like one or two. I think it says to take yeah. four a day. I take like one to two a day. So anyway, it's very intuitive, but I will just say, okay, this has been fun with the, what do you need to go? What time is it? It's been like an no, hour. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I'm okay. Few more minutes. I've got probably like uh, ten more minutes. Okay, cool. So I'll just say that um, practical ideas, and I can share more of this later with my people. But I've been taking the colostrum, and just um, I'll get so my if my kids want cereal, I stick with the healthiest cereals possible that they will eat. But then in the milk, I will put in the colostrum and I'll just blend it into their milk. They won't even know it's there. And, um, I also stick it in, I don't know if this is okay. I don't know if, but I stick it in my coffee too. I'll just drink it and have it in my coffee. I don't know if the hot water would like to Yeah. I'm glad you're asking. So let me, let me give you some pointers here. Uh, first of all, the most important thing is to take it, you know? And so I want to preface my comments by, by this, like, some people, I, I don't mind the taste of it at all. And a lot of people don't and when it's mixed with water, but some people do. Okay. And so we get, we get a lot of questions that are like, I don't like the taste of this. I don't like it just mixed with water. Can I add it to yogurt? Whatever. And I say, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. Do it, take it. I will say it is best absorbed when it's taken on an empty stomach because the proteins in the, the immunoglobulins and other proteins um, can be absorbed then directly across the lumen of the small intestine into the bloodstream um, more cleanly and more rapidly. So it's generally better to take away, you know, away from a, a meal if you're like going for the optimal, you know, fully optimal experience. Okay. Um, but like with kids, especially like they may not, might not be willing to, to drink it in water. Uh, it might taste weird to them. Or new milk. <laughs> so much rather. Yeah. Or mix, mix it with milk. I mean, that's how we get, we get lactoferrin from milk and you know, that's how we originally get colostrum is before milk. And so, you know, totally great to mix it with milk. Um, you might consider not doing it in the cereal with milk and like just having a little bit of milk with colostrum or in the here's yogurt, a, some yogurt, like putting it in yogurt. yogurt. Okay. Here's a pro tip. Um, get a little milk frother from Amazon. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Like the battery powered, they're the best battery powered thing. And yeah. people put in their coffee and mixing, if they're mixing, like if they were doing bulletproof and mixing collagen or whatever. So you put like, the colostrum powder in a glass, put a little bit of water over it, put the milk frother in, zip it around a little bit, and it will mix it really well. Because colostrum, okay. it clumps. Some of the ingredients in the powder do clump with water if you don't have a froth. the frother or something to mix it with. Okay. Um, so that's the way I take it. I just mix it with water, a little bit of water, 
you know, froth it and then add a little bit more water. Almost like if you're a cook and you're making a slurry or if you're mixing, if you like sushi and you go to the rest, you mix a little bit of soy sauce with a little bit of wasabi and, until it's like, you know, all mixed in and Just add right. more soy sauce. So like that. The texture. And yeah. yeah. And, and then generally not good to mix with anything hot for, okay. for the reason I mentioned earlier, because the immunoglobulins are in are fragile and they can be destroyed by heat. Um, you're still getting benefit. It's not going to destroy a hundred percent of them, but I'm just giving like the optimal ways. That's what we want to know. See, I don't know these things. This is fun though. Okay. And then let's briefly, before we are done today, I just want to hit on this myco bioavailable myco. All the products are bioavailable. They're designed to actually be absorbed. I always worry about that with supplements. Like, am I just going to pee this out? (laughs) Often the answer is yes. Often the answer is yes. But with Dr. Kresser here, no. So, um, yeah, I don't know my body. I actually sometimes will take a couple extra of these each day. Now, like when I first got them, my body was like craving them. Now I've kind of toned it down and I'm, I'm at the regular, yeah. but, um, I don't know. It's a couple I'm on your website. So if you guys just go to adaptnaturals.com and then the product that I would recommend, what's the one where you put them all together. What's that product called? The core plus bundle. There you go. The yeah, core plus so. bundle. Okay. You guys can use the code postpartum P O S T P A R T U M. That is my code. And you can get 10% off the core plus or actually any purchase. It's just your first purchase. You can get 10% off. Um, but I buy the core plus bundle and I just have it on repeat and I love the yeah, the mushroom one. I don't know what you put in there, but my body is like, yes, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I and I, you know what? I really actually love that you do that, and I recommend I've recommended this um, for for patients for years to patients for years, and I do it myself. Is trust your trust those um, cravings because they're coming from somewhere. I mean, unless the craving is for. Um, <laughs> a, a pint, like two pints of ice cream in the morning when you wake up. And we know that pregnancy can int- introduce some pretty bizarre cravings, but actually even in that case, there's often a lot of wisdom to, to the cravings, but um, yeah, I have the same response with colostrum. Sometimes I've taken it three times a day, just like, yeah. cause my body is like saying more, more, more. I don't, who knows? Maybe there's, maybe I have, I'm fighting a virus and there's just like yeah. a n- intuitive thing. That's like, I need more of this to fight this, this virus off. So I just really kind of trust my gut. Um, yeah. BioVale Myco is similar in some ways to colostrum and its benefits because, they both have beta glucan. I mentioned beta glucan is yeah. the third was the third compound in BioVail Colostrum Plus, mm-hmm. and beta glucan, this amazing biological response modifier that fine tunes our immune system and our gut health. And the two main sources of beta glucan are yeast, the sp- specific forms of yeast that you can isolate it from, and mushrooms. And they they have similar but distinct and complementary benefits. And so, the mushroom BioVail Myco is a blend of eight organic mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, lot, all the heavy hitters most people have heard of, reishi, chaga, turkey tail, lion's mane, maitake, shiitake, uh, and tremella and cordyceps. And these are very rich sources of beta-glucan. We, In fact, we have uh, 462 or 362 milligrams of beta-glucan per serving of this product, which is just insane, insanely high <laughs> amount. Um, and uh, so this, this will have a remarkable effect on the immune system. 
um, and, and gut health. But if you look at, at those 68 five-star reviews there, you can see at the bottom, what, what you'll often see, and this is what you mentioned too, Lizzie, is um, energy and sleep as being two of the primary benefits. And, and in yeah. fact, there's a particular quality of the energy that I like to describe as calm energy, which sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> how, no, I how can you I have you. calm energy? Like, uh, aren't they different? Like the opposite of what coffee gives you. Opposite kind of. of what coffee gives you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not a like sustained, the It's a, yeah. If you look at it, like if you were to graph it, it wouldn't be, your coffee is like a big spike and then a big fall. This energy you get from this product is like a, a sustained rise that just stays for a long period of time. Yeah. It simultaneously increases energy and mental clarity while also somehow relaxing us and, and, you know, making, helping us to, you know, reducing anxiety and helping us to feel more calm and balanced and grounded. Yeah. And I mean, okay. Who doesn't need, who does raise your hand if if you want that? I mean, that's kind of the magic of this product and why it's one of our top selling products, because this is a unique ability that mushrooms have that I've never really found in anything else. And mushrooms are, have a, 7,000 year history of use. In fact, the very first medical text that was ever discovered is called the Shen Nong Ben Sao Jing. Uh, my Chinese pronunciation is horrible. I'm sorry. But, but, but it, it, um, it's the first medical text that we know of written, written. And, uh, Ling Zhur was the, was mentioned in that text. And Ling Zhur is Reishi. Japanese term is Reishi and the Chinese term is Ling Zhur. So this mushroom we know has been used for at least 7,000 years. Oh. And then we also uh, have found references to mushrooms in ancient Egyptian text. And in fact, mushrooms were reserved for use by only the emperor and nobility in China and the emperors and, or the pharaohs in Egypt. So they were so revered and so respected for their healing properties that they were hoarded <laughs> by the nobility. Now, fortunately, we can all buy them and benefit from them today, but that just gives you some indication of how special they are. Now, they didn't know then why they worked. Now we have modern you know, clinical laboratory research that tells us that they're rich in beta-glucans, they're rich in, in terpenes, triterpenoid compounds, which have incredible benefits, amino acids like L-ergothionine, which has been shown to even like in the case of, of lion's mane to be able to actually regenerate new brain cells, um, which is a just remarkable effect. They're being studied for all kinds of cognitive and neuro- neurological conditions. And we, our mushrooms are uh, unlike many other mushroom formulas on the market, they're 100% organic. And they're also made with real mushroom fruiting bodies. So I have to talk nerd out just a little bit on this because it's really important for people to understand. Mushrooms are fungus. We don't sometimes like to think about this, but they, and, and, and they have a life cycle and what the fruiting body, you know, the thing that actually looks like a mushroom, that's called the fruiting body. That's a final stage of the mushroom fungal life cycle. An earlier stage is the mycelium, which is like the branching root-like structure. So if you were to go into the forest and dig underneath the ground, you would see the mycelial network. And if people have read like Paul Stamets and read about how amazing mushrooms are, a lot of it comes down to that branching thread-like structure of mycelium. Mycelium is amazing, just 
incredible, but it's not the fruiting body of the mushroom. And the fruiting body of the mushroom is what has been used for 7,000 years for all of these, by all of these cultures. It's what has been studied in scientific studies and, you know, confirmed as having health benefits. Unfortunately, a lot of the products that are on the market that are sold as and marketed as mushrooms are not mushrooms. They're made from mycelium. So they're lacking so benefits. They, we don't know what, you know, we, they're certainly, they, so far it seems that they don't have the same health benefits as mushrooms. They, they definitely have some benefits, but you cannot, we cannot assume that the benefits are the same because it's a different part of the fungal life cycle. Right. It's like eating leaf from an orange tree versus... That's right. If you're you're an herbalist, you know that the root will have a different effect from the leaf or or even the the flower or the the fruiting part of the tree. They'll all have different health effects. Okay. And unfortunately, the FDA has not yet, although this will probably change in the next few years, required companies to disclose whether they are using real fruiting bodies or mycelium and and they can just use the term mushroom which is really misleading yeah um, even when they're not using mushrooms and okay. so whether if you don't whether whether you take our product or not make sure to reach out to the company and ask them if it is made with mycelium or real mushroom fruiting bodies okay. and you know for them to provide a do, you know, a, a certificate of analysis or some kind of documentation that shows they're using real mushroom fruit right. and bodies. That's, it's really important. Yeah. And that's just one more hurdle that we all have to jump through. You know, we've got fast food, we've got, and then we've got, then we've got actual solutions, but then there's people that are faking it and like trying to yeah. save money. So this is just one more reason I like Chris's stuff. Okay. So that's why I'm here. So, um, by the way, I said it wrong. It's actually my code postpartum gets you guys 15% off your first order. So Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to be here and, and give a voice to all the postpartum mamas and educate us. I really value the fact that we got to hear it straight from you after listening to your podcast for so long. I absolutely love these supplements. I just ran out of my colostrum and I'm like, they give me texts and I'm like, when's it coming? (laughs) Like I want to, I'm like, get it to me. Um, and that's one thing I'll say, you guys, I know whenever I sign up with a commitment thing, I always think about like, what about next month? And they always text me a few days before the order and they say, Hey, in three days, your next order is going to ship. And then I have options if I want to change it. And so sometimes I'll delay it or modify it. It's so easy. I love it. So they really nailed that. Um, so there's really no, no bad thing that can come of it. Um, so yeah, like I said, my favorite product is going to be the or plus bundle. And then, but that doesn't come with colostrum. So you're going to want to order the colostrum on the side, um, like as an extra thing. But if you want to just start with one, I would start with the colostrum and then maybe work up to the myco and then, you know, maybe, I don't know, the vitamin E or the omega-3. There's just so many good ones. You just got to try them all guys. (laughs) So go to adaptnaturals.com and use the code postpartum, all caps, um, for 15% off your first order. And thank you again, Chris, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Lizzie, for the great work you're doing. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. And um, it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. Good. Me too. We'll have to have you back. (laughs) Thank you from the bottom of my life coach heart for listening to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, for sharing it with your friends, and for leaving reviews. You guys are the reason that this podcast has grown, and I just want to say thank you. I want you to know that if you ever want help applying the things that you've learned on here and learning more and taking it deeper, you can go to lizzielangston.com forward slash work with me 
to check out all the offerings. It's all there for you. LizzieLinkston.com forward slash work with me. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.